What happens when eight high school teachers come together to discuss their favorite comic book and superhero movies? You're about to find out. In this episode, we go inside what is affectionately known at Sussex Central High School as the Nerd Circle. I'm Dave Mall, and this is the IRSD Spotlight. It all started in the fall of 2015 in the days leading up to the release of the movie Star Wars The Force Awakens. For a group of teachers at Sussex Central High School, the event was met with a great deal of anticipation, excitement, and even skepticism. As lifelong fans of the Star Wars franchise, they eagerly awaited the release of the seventh movie in the series which hadn't had a new installment in more than ten years. After seeing the movie, they met outside of school to discuss The Force Awakens and the impact the Star Wars movies had had on their lives. The group had such a strong rapport that it began meeting regularly to analyze other comic book and superhero movies. It was through these discussions that the Nerd Circle was born. Consisting of teachers Rob Gibson, Bruce Copeland, Jordan Marvel, Jeff Gartman, Stephen Givens, Matthew Wantonmaker, David Warwick, and Jeff Kilner, the Nerd Circle conducts roundtable discussions that are passionate, funny, and highly intellectual. In many ways, the group epitomizes the way that pop culture in the 21st century has now made it cool to be a nerd. <laughs> and, um, and the uh, broccoli bites. I had the cheeseburger sub, the mozzarella sticks, and the french fries, and the uh, raspberry tea. It's a Thursday afternoon in early November, and six members of Sussex Central's Nerd Circle have gathered for lunch at a Millsboro pizzeria. Students are not in school on this day, but teachers have spent the morning participating in professional development activities. In the afternoon, they'll return to school to submit their final grades for the first marking period. The teachers have crammed into a booth at the front of the restaurant, and after ordering food and swapping marital advice, will spend the next 30 minutes discussing the real business of the day, the new Thor movie, which opened a few days earlier. All of them have seen the movie in the past week, and opinions on the film are unflinching. So, Thor, Ragnarok. So what did you guys think? I mean, on a scale of on a scale of Thor to Guardians of the Galaxy, how did you feel that? On a scale of Star Wars interesting to Star Trek. Interesting, interesting you say Guardians of the Galaxy because I, I was talking to these guys last night. As far as like, what's big, the big thing about this this Thor movie is the use of humor, and the big scale for me was as far as humorous movies, humorous Marvel movies. Guardians of the Galaxy, first one being like the really the movie that really set the standard for the blend of humor and action, and then Guardians Two, which was to me the worst example of humor and action because it just went too far over into that ridiculous and nothing is serious, nothing. There's no weight to anything. Thor kind of for me fell in smack dab in the middle, but more closer to the, to the original Guardians. Because they did manage, even though I think some of the humor did go a little too far, they, they still but not consistently. They, not consistently, and also there were real moments of of meaning, of, of meaning and and, yeah. and emotional weight. The roundtable discussion is passionate, and several comments are met with bursts of laughter that draw the attention of the other diners in the restaurant. We'll warn our listeners that audio clips from this conversation may contain spoilers. 
I told you guys last night that the rock creature, if they had cut him out completely, <laughs> that would have been perfect. He was my dad's yeah, favorite I, part. I, I, um, I thought that was I thought that was a great inclusion. Really? Yeah. Really? I did too, uh, actually. It was, but I, like the only part that I thought, like I mentioned last night, the humor was very much if you watch other stuff by the director or exactly. other New Zealand right. humor. Right. That's, and that's where I was going to go with that. The cadences, the way they speak, exactly. the pauses, is exactly those New Zealand comedy shows, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. works for the rock guy because he was the director. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. From there, so it makes sense come from him. But when Thor is doing the same joke, it's like. You're telling a Monty Python joke in an American accent. It's like, that doesn't work for me. (laughs) As you can hear, the early stages of the conversation focus on the movie's use of humor. There's a reason they went so far towards the joke side is because I think every time you read an article of, let's rank the Marvel movies because everybody has to rank everything, what's always at the bottom? Dark World, Thor Dark World is always at the bottom of being the worst of all the MCU movies, so I think they felt like we've got to go away from the mythological um, battle of gods and move towards Guardians of the Galaxy and go go funny, and you know, I thought it was a good move, I thought it worked well, but yeah. But they still could have made a really, really good movie without so much humor, I mean, it's not not that Dark World was bad because it lacked humor, it just lacked logic and reasoning in any kind of Right, that's what made it such a horrible movie. It wasn't that it was so heavy on mythology or whatever. It just yeah. Yeah. And then they touch upon Thor's strained relationship with his brother. And I also liked that I felt like the first time in all the movies, Thor and Loki actually acted like brothers. Like watching Thor just pick up rocks and chuck them at Loki's image. Mm-hmm. He knew Loki was doing it. Loki does it all the time and he's mm-hmm. just getting closer, hitting him in the head with it, you know, and just, yeah. it, they looked like siblings throughout this movie, and I, it's the first time that really happened, I enjoyed that. Before we play more of this discussion, let's go back to the beginning and let technology teacher Rob Gibson talk about the origins of the nerd circle. Uh, so the origins of the whole nerd circle thing, it, it's, you know, it all kind of, I guess it's all going to come back to Star Wars. Everything centered around Star Wars. Um, you know, I'll be 43 next week. Um, a couple of the other teachers are, you know, 43, 44, 45, you know, it's, we were all kids when Star Wars started, so it was a big part of who we were, and uh, when the, the Star Wars The Force Awakens had come out, it was that continuation of the story, it was a continuation of our childhood, it was a continuation of everything that, that was a big part of who we were, and uh, it, it just kind of started as a hey let's go see star wars and talk about it like let's talk about our childhood and what fun it was and you know what star wars meant to us and then that meeting went well we just all kind of sat around and and uh had a good time and then we said well let's do this again like you guys want to get together again and it just turned into something that that happens around comic book movies or sci-fi movies or anything i mean you know, a couple people went and saw Blade Runner together. A couple people went and uh, we saw Spider-Man together over the summer. And we all did Suicide Squad and then went out to dinner somewhere. It, it, it's all... Sometimes we've got all seven people. Sometimes it's three people. Sometimes it's four. And, you know, sometimes it's it's two. Um, sometimes we just get together for lunch. But it, it kind of, you know, it, it all brought us together. And, you know, like I knew Jeff Gartman and, and I knew... Uh, Bruce Copeland, but I didn't really know Steve Givens that well, but that allowed me to get to become friends with him, and, you know, it just all kind of brought everybody together. But, you know, it's it just, it's, everybody brings something different. You know, Jeff Kilner, who is, uh, you know, the swimming coach and a, and a great science teacher, and, 
and all this stuff, and, and he has this amazing passion for wrestling. So that's something that we pro were like, wrestling. pro wrestling, yeah, yeah <laughs> pro wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it was, you know, some of us are into music, some of us are, uh, you know, like Steve Givens is, 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 a, is a comic book guy through and through. Jeff, um, Jeff Jordan Marvel is, is big into graphic novels. Uh, I'm into, you know, I grew up with comic books, but also more movies and TV and music. So we all bring a little something, something to the table. So we either go see the movies and then um, we'll either, you know, do a lunch at school on a uh, on an in-service day or we'll get together for dinner or we'll go, go see. Well, we'll every time it changes and it's just kind of organically happens. While drama teacher David Warwick takes credit for coming up with the name Nerd Circle, Gibson noted that the group came together naturally. I, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and, and I don't remember exactly how <laughs> the name came about. Uh, I remember that I was meeting with, because Jeff Gartman and I are, are we, we both teach under the umbrella of Tech Ed, even though we teach two different contents. So we usually have common planning, we usually have... Um, uh, stuff together plus we were both advisors for the the student organization the tsa so jeff and i would talk about it a lot and then he would have lunch at the same time as steve gibbons and sometimes jordan marvel so like all of last year they, those three guys had lunch together so they would talk about it at lunch and then uh, i would see jeff and then and dave would do something and then it just kind of happened where we were like well all, let's just let's just all get together one time for lunch on an in-service day and um that's just kind of how it happened. Nerd circle meetings can be both funny and scathing in their assessment of a particular movie. Well, it was very good casting with him. Marvel has done a pretty good job of casting the right people, and even DC's gotten a lot better at casting the right people, too. It's, I'm enjoying where both universes are going with that. So yeah. wait, you didn't like George Clooney as Batman? <laughs> George Clooney didn't like George Clooney. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded him just being a savage henchman that gets it in the end. Uh, and then when I'm watching that, I'm like, I'm thinking of you as I'm watching him redeem himself with the, with the uh, AK-47s and... and M-16s. Uh, uh, whatever. Um, you gotta get your guns right. No, I don't. <laughs> Other times, it seems as if the members are speaking another language. The fans have been obsessed with predicting where is the soul stone, where is the soul stone, and then they didn't even, they didn't even go there. So right. I did, yeah, I didn't find that was funny. Uh, what was that? The tesseract that was in the vault. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And Loki paused when he yeah. walked by. Which means that it probably didn't blow up with Asgard. And well, Loki's they, got it in his they made a point to show him stop and look at it, right. and and so I mean you can. And even Hello was like, assume, "That's nice." Right, like, mm-hmm. and walk right. by. You, know. and you can assume that he that he now has is in possession because, right. I mean, it's got to be. Can't have Infinity Wars, Wars without. Yeah. Or right. maybe the destruction of Asgard is how Thanos gets a hold of it. Yeah, there is a very credible of all the ones that I've read, uh, people talking about the, the most credible theory as to where the Soul Stone is, as far as I'm concerned, is that it has some tie-in to Heimdall. Um, the stone is orange. The stone is orange. His eyes are orange. He sees everyone's soul. Yeah. They made they made a point in. Well, could it be in the sword? In, in Thor? Could be. Uh, they made it. They made it a point in Ragnarok when he was going to like that stronghold hiding place wherever and some gate was opening and there was like all this orange was tying and I thought okay they're, they're getting ready to reveal the soul stone uh, from what I've from all of the possible placements of it That's if it was somewhere we've seen to me that one makes the most sense 
The conversation can be both funny and puzzling to someone who is not familiar with the subject matter. I honestly don't remember the first Thor movie. Do you remember the movie we saw last night when she arrives on Asgard? I remember, I remember them. I didn't know they were the Warriors 3. Okay, but you remember, yeah, okay. Yeah, was it the guy with the sword who opened up the Bifrost? Are you Mind kidding me? What is wrong with you? I have no idea what you're talking about. That's Heimdall. He's a major character. Not Heimdall. When she came through and murdered his face off. Was she didn't murder yes. the executioner, no, 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 but he had the sword. It might, it might have been. I don't know. I think you only see. I think Volstagg did open okay. the Bifrost Bridge, though. One of the most passionate and boisterous members of the nerd circle is social studies teacher Jordan Marvel. He also happens to be the youngest. His introduction to the group came the same way as the others through Star Wars. So uh, my first year teaching here, I was just down the hall from where we're sitting right now, and. My now friend, Jeff Gartman, was a couple doors down from me. So in the mornings, we would just spark up a conversation about anything nerdy, baseball, football, a anything. And we would have lunch together occasionally. Um, Steve Givens, who you met before, he started joining us for lunch last year. So the three of us would sit together. And the year that Star Wars Episode Seven came out, that was when it all kind of got together. You know, we were all super excited for it. Uh, Jeff Gartman, if you don't know, abhors spoilers. So, and I'm similar with certain things, but with Star Wars coming out, we decided we needed to see it the night it premiered. I actually drove to uh, Wilmington to go see it in a theater and was back and in school the next day um, because I knew some some kid was going to spoil it for me. They're, they wouldn't mean to. They go, Marvel, did you see the part where so and so died? And I'd be like, Great. So, so uh, we all decided, we were like, hey, we all had like random mutual friends, you know, within the school. And we said, you know, this would be really cool if we all got together and talked about it. Because we had, I think we all got together like maybe one other time, a few of us, for a staff lunch. But there was a professional development day right before uh, winter break that year. So we all saw it. And then, like, the day before break, or right after break, we all got together for lunch and just talked about it, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Marvel admits he's passionate about his interest and easily accepts the good-natured ribbing he receives from his fellow nerd circle members. I bring a lot of, uh, bring a lot of energy to whatever I do, <laughs> um, whether it's teaching, mock trial, the band I'm in, painting, anything I, I do, I try and bring a lot of energy to. So I, I do catch some flack for that every now and then. Uh, my nickname from one of the social studies teachers is Megaphone because I am the loudest of all the social studies teachers. So, you know, when we we're talking in the group every now and then they'll uh, they'll make fun of me by like covering their ears or turning away from me because I get excited and loud. So there definitely is stuff I get fired up about. I got a friend, uh, Bert Weber here at school, he's passionate about anything England related or Canada. Um, I'm passionate about anything well, just about anything, really. <laughs> I get, if I'm doing it, I can get passionate about it. So, like when when we start talking about uh, certain topics, different ones of us will get fired up about different things, and it's funny to see that come out. Like if somebody says they don't know the difference between DC and Marvel, that kind of gets all of us going. Um, but you know, Steve Givens is a lot more into comic books than some of the others of, of us are, and. Uh, some of some of them are a little more literary minded than I am. So, and Dave Warwick, it's funny if you get him talking about Hollywood because he spent years out in Hollywood. He knows some of these famous people, and he'll just 
go off on a 10-minute story about Woody Allen or something. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> so it, it's fun to see all those passions come out. During the Thor discussion, he and fellow member Bruce Copeland strongly criticize a cameo appearance made by actor Matt Damon. It's a stupid cameo because it took away from the movie for me because I'm like, that's Matt Damon. I thought it was funny. I liked it. I thought it was stupid. I love Matt Damon, but not in the movie. Come on. Really? Like, do we really need him? At least he didn't play that rock creature. Jordan, nobody here is going to be more critical of a Marvel movie than me. Oh, that moment didn't bother me. It bothered me because I... Yeah, it bothered me because it could have been anybody else. I would like to point out that the only person that's ever going to reference the Power Rangers is the, is the, the, young, the young man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't care. It's a great movie. Then there's Marvel's opinion about the presence of the Incredible Hulk character in the movie. I actually enjoyed watching Hulk as a character for the first time instead of just the Raven Lunatic. He had been the Hulk for so many years. Mm-hmm. Hulk yeah. had a personality, and it was all the guys I hated in college, and it was great. Gibson notes that the passion Nerd Circle members have for these movies has led to camaraderie, respect, and genuine friendship. And I think that plays to the the camaraderie and the you know there's a there's a there's a deep level of respect we all have for each other. Uh, there's a there's a uh, and a genuine caring and friendship that does exist there. Uh, uh, Steve and Jordan give each other a hard time all the time, but that's just the dynamics of who they are, and that's part of Jordan. I mean, Jordan Marvel's charm is. He's that guy that, you know, he, he takes it and dishes it out, and he's got a smile on his face every time. He, he, it's all for fun. Uh, Steve Givens has a very rough um, uh, exterior, but inside is a very caring person and, and uh, is, is, you know, as an English teacher, too, I think he sees the value in what comic books can add to literacy. And uh, it, it's all... It's all, it's all there. He also addressed how society's views have changed toward those who are deemed to be nerds or geeks. The kids see it too. The students see it. And, the, and, the, and, I, and it's different now than it was you know, when I was younger and you know, when I was in high school in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. There was still a definite nerd. You were a nerd if you liked sci-fi stuff, if you liked comic books, if you liked, you know action movies, those types of things. I mean, action movies different from, you know, Sylvester Stallone, Lethal Weapon, kind of, you know, all those guys, Mel Gibson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Action movies versus comic book action movies, which there weren't a ton of back then, you know, because you had Superman and Batman, but they were both uh, not quite the same they are today. So there was still a definite nerd there, whereas today it's become such an ingrained part of culture uh, that when the kids see that the teachers like it too, uh, I think it, it it all comes together, and I think it I think yeah, it all works well. Are those lines a little blurred now? I think it it's it's okay to be. And there, there's somebody I don't remember exactly where I saw it or where this came up, but there was a I read something somewhere once, and it broke down the difference between a nerd, a dork, and a geek. And they said a geek was. Somebody who is really into like the technology and stuff. So as a as a computer science teacher, I guess I would be like the geeky guy because I'm into the technology. But the nerd was just the you know nerds always had that they were they were smarter they were well they had that aura of being um, smarter and and all into all of these different things. But it's it's become such a popular thing now that it's it's okay to be a nerd. I think the kids see it, and I think the kids 
like it when the teachers do it too because it gives them somebody to relate to because the kids spend just as much time with us during the day as they would with their parents and the existence of the nerd circle is also no secret among sussex central student body yeah the kid the kids know it um i have on my desk uh, uh, a coffee mug that says nerds rule that uh, Bruce Copeland bought for all of us. He bought us each a, a coffee mug as Nerds Rule, and the kids say, oh, somebody else has that mug. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know, we're all friends. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Back at the restaurant, as the discussion of Thor winds down, I jump in to ask the group a few questions. The responses are funny and heartfelt. Can I can I ask the group a couple questions? Sure. Yeah, before we run out of time and everything? Sure. Just, just a couple things I want to know. And, like, anybody, just feel free to answer. This group... You guys have a lot of good camaraderie here. Is that important to you as far as that? I mean, is that, is that one of the parts that you like about getting together and doing this kind of stuff? Absolutely for yeah. me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's actually, there's we should make reference, there's two more that couldn't be here today. Yeah. Um, Jeff Kilner. And oh, Jeff yeah. Kilner and Dave Ward. Ward. Dave, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing is, each person comes with a background in a specific area. Um, and, and it just, you know, it lends itself to that whole conversation that's we, we all had the common ground of star wars yeah, and then started, after right. we came together and started talking it's right. you know each one of us has like you said a specific background and it's fun to bring that out and relate it to everything else well and then and there's the age like steve and i are almost the exact same age mm-hmm. maybe a couple months difference and then jeff is not even well, a year older bruce and i are right and right and in front bruce of you. is just maybe a year older than that you know Right, Bruce, we're like two years apart. Yeah. Thank you. And yes, yes. I'm <laughs> the oldest here. And yes. Then there's Matt and Jordan, and so we got you know sta- all stages of, of grown male life going on. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the camaraderie is it, it, as we're teachers, and you can't go into the into this lounge on a regular day and start talking about the location of the Infinity Stones. It yes. doesn't work. Yeah. So, exactly. You know, so this is like our outlet for how you know, where we can right. mm-hmm. uh, talk about that sort of thing. Because it's important. <laughs> this is our pressing questions for the day. It runs through my mind on a daily basis. It's <laughs> <laughs> the soul state. Does it allow you to connect with your students too? I mean, are your students into this or no? I mean, I well, know. it's funny you say that because the other day, I was just yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, there was a cheerleader sitting in my room. Uh, one of my students and I just happened to look over and she had Crocs on and I, I guess the thing is now the kids put like little pendants or whatever you can the get them from Crocs they're yeah. little like they're like little st- why do you know this <laughs> <laughs> because I asked them because I saw the same thing you saw okay which was these I have a pair they're like they're little, by they're little yeah. <laughs> I thought they were Ninja Turtle Crocs. Yeah. Well, I got a Ninja Turtle shirt. Don't fool around me, man. No. But they're, they're little plastic uh, charms yeah. that are like glued onto your clock yeah. Crocs. Well, I was I looked at her Crocs and she had a Flash one because I'm a big Flash fan. Yeah. And she had one for the Flash. She had one for Captain Marvel. And she said, and I asked her about. It, I said, where did you get that? And she thought I was talking about her socks. She's like, these are my Penguin socks. I said, I don't care about these. <laughs> what are those little pendants? And she's like, oh. Um, just things I got to put on my Crocs, and thank you. So she told me, she's like, yeah, I've got all these ones, but I've lost my Iron Man one. This is a cheerleader, you know, in high school, and you're thinking, what? where did this suddenly become, like, I grew up being a comic book fan and loving these characters, and never feel, I never was ridiculed for it, but I never really had anyone that I could, like, talk to about stuff like this. Never mainstream. Never mainstream. Suddenly it is mainstream, and, like, Kids who come in, like I have Flash stuff all over, comic book stuff all over my room. 
And kids do look at that and relate to that. And like, who's that character, Mr. Gibbons? Or why do you have this? Or you're a big Flash fan. Did you watch the TV? It's more of a personal connection rather than um, a pedagogical one. That, that, but I also, I did... I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> He's an English teacher. But I do do a lesson, speaking of it being teaching, of I do bringing in... Be quiet. <laughs> bringing, like... Um, when I teach To Kill a Mockingbird, I do a lesson where I show the kids and show the significance of Atticus Finch as a character and the influence he has had since he's come out. And we talk about other things as well in this lesson. But I show them pictures of Batman where artists have decided to draw Bruce Wayne to look like Gregory Peck because he, he's so closely associated with Atticus Finch from the film version. And so we do an exploration of why would an artist want Batman, one of the most popular and uh, powerful superheroes that people love this, why would an artist want Batman to look like a southern lawyer? You know, so what's the significance there? Justice. So, we, we, justice, yeah. And, well, and the kids make the connections between, well, maybe they want Batman to really seem intelligent or make, seem, make him seem fair and has a real strong sense of justice, you know, that type of thing. Um, the other point is, going back to your original question of like the camaraderie here, uh, you know, not get all teared up, guys, but um, this group has uh, been instrumental in, like, I came from a middle school background. When I came up to the high school, um, I, I had a new experience, I knew uh, new things to get used to as far as curriculum and new teachers. This group has been instrumental in really making me feel like I'm a part of something here at the high school and also um, helping me, like, reinvigorate my my interest in teaching and my my want to be an educator just because it's a joy to come to work it's like i know i'm going to see one of these guys usually jordan <laughs> popping into my room like kramer and kramer style. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's it's you know it's it's important to have a work environment where you come in you, you like the people that you work with yeah. <laughs> you, you touched on something when you said uh you know here's the high school cheerleader and how you mm -hmm. felt in high school that you didn't have like a, a role model really that was like that one of the reasons why I got into education was because I felt the same way I didn't feel I had a nerdy role model when I went through high school other than you know my father but that didn't count you know there if you were an athlete there were jocks like there were you know teachers who played sports of all kind if you were into math all the math teachers if you were a bookworm you could talk to any English teacher if you were a musician there were always teachers who played band and stuff like that but if you were into Dungeons and Dragons who did you talk to you know and I actually am the leader of the Dungeons and Dragons Club at Sussex Central and and I wanted to be a role model to show these kids it's okay to be who you are it's okay to like these nerdy things I you know I'm, I'm in a rock band I paint I love Dungeons and Dragons. I'm playing a Star Wars role-playing game tomorrow for the first time. I'm super excited about. You know, like, <laughs> and I have a and I have a girlfriend. It's you're gonna be okay. <laughs> you're gonna be okay. You know, like to, to just show them that it's okay to be yourself in front of your peers, and people will accept you. And if they don't, that's their issue, not yours. Yeah. I think uh, something that I've noticed in terms of answering the question about you know with the students. The, the students, I think, like it. Yeah. The students mm -hmm. know that we all get they together. They do. Yeah. And they know that we talk about all this stuff when we go and do, go out to the movie stuff. When I went to see Thor uh, Saturday night, I, you know, having four kids at home, I had to wait until they were all asleep and <laughs> really asleep before I could leave. But I rolled into the movie theater and the girl taking my ticket said, uh, 
hey, Mr. Gibson, enjoy the movie. And I looked at her and she goes, oh, you don't know me, but you're a nerd. She's <laughs> <laughs> a student at school and she knows that I hang out with these guys. Yeah, they know we have the, the nerd kids, circle. I think, they yeah. think it's cool. Did yeah. you know, do you know who it was? I don't. She didn't care. <laughs> that narrows it down. Yeah. And the, the cheerleader story and some of the stuff you guys said. And here's here's my last question for you guys. Does everybody have something in their life that makes them a nerd? And in the interest of full disclosure. It depends on what you find. Well, here's my thing. I'm a huge fan of the rock group Rush. Yeah. <laughs> seen them twice. I've, I've seen them 18 times. Awesome. And I've been a fan of theirs for 30 years. I've seen every tour since 1987. Yeah. In some circles, that makes me a nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that, do you think everybody has something, just not just something in their life that makes them a nerd? John Green has a great quote of something like that about, like, you know, when people accuse other people of being nerds, they're basically saying, well, you like stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like you know, everyone right. likes something. If you don't, then you're really missing out. We're, what what makes you a nerd really is that you embrace the fact that you do like something, right. whether it's Rush mm-hmm. or whether it's you know Flash or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you openly and wholeheartedly and fully and completely mm-hmm. you know like something. Yeah, and yeah. you don't care well, who knows about it. For example, within our own group, Jeff is our baseball nerd. You know, like he yeah. he knows. Leaps and bounds more about baseball than any of yep. us put together. I'm going to assume, you know. And there are definitely students who are football nerds, and you know, yeah. just you can if you are really focused into something, you can be a nerd on just about anything. Yeah. You could probably it. ask him like a certain pitcher of a team that you really like stats for the last five years, just as you could ask Jordan stats for a mind flyer, and they know the same detail, the same numbers. It's just a different thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think that makes this so cool is that you've got you've got a theater teacher, two English teachers, a science teacher, a choir teacher, a social studies teacher, a broadcasting and communications teacher, and a computer science teacher. Yeah. Now, all different backgrounds, but, you know, people seem to think, you know, as the computer science teacher, I'm the computer nerd. But I'm more of a music nerd than I am a computer nerd. And that's, you know, so we all have those hidden things. And the science too. nerd is the professional wrestling nerd. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sci- the, Not the, the I'll right now. Swim- <laughs> Yeah, the bleach blonde swim coach science teacher is a huge nerd. For that's, let's wrestling. be clear, that's Jeff Kilner. Yes, yes. Yes. Jeff Kilner is into <laughs> professional wrestling. Yes. With that, the meeting of the nerd circle concluded and the teachers headed back to school. But there was plenty to look forward to in the coming weeks, namely the opening of the Justice League movie and, of course, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which would open in December. These would certainly be topics of future meetings. To wrap up this episode, we'll let Jordan Marvel talk about how being a member of the nerd circle has impacted his life beyond the sharing of opinions about movies. It's really nice having those friends in school that you can go to if you have an issue, if you're, you know, and what starts off as a friend in nerdy content translates to a friend with everything else. So if you're having problems with a relationship or if you are having an issue with school, a student that, you know, me being the youngest, it's nice having these veteran teachers that I can go to and ask advice of. Yeah. You know, and it, that, that's been a really nice boon for me, too. You know, I got these older friends who I can relate to with a lot of material, and then if I have an issue in school, I can go to them and get their advice because they have years senior. Yeah. I want to thank Rob Gibson, Jordan Marvel, Bruce Copeland, Jeff Gartman, Stephen Givens, Matthew Wantonmaker, Jeff Kilner, and David Warwick for letting me sit in on their meeting and for giving listeners a glimpse inside the Sussex Central Nerd Circle.
IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence. Although there was one funny moment because up on the screen before it said recording is illegal, oh, yeah. pictures is illegal, and yes. it was up there for like a good two minutes. And in the last 30 seconds, you see a flash light up the screen. <laughs> somebody clearly took a picture of it, and chuckles just spread through the whole theater. That's funny. And the absurdity of it all. That was pretty great. Yeah.